Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast, where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. So this topic Tuesday, the topic is, who is Jesus? And honestly, I I had so much that I wanted to share as far as scriptures, because of course, you're not going to be able to get through the exhaustive study of what this is, but it's kind of just uh, dive a little bit into, into what scripture says he is. Before I open this up into some scriptures here. Any comments or questions on this so far, concerns on this topic? All right, let's jump right into it. So who is Jesus? We're going to jump right into John chapter 10, verses 28 through 30. And it says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. The father and I are one. So this right here, uh, for those who continued on in this, know that this really tripped up uh, the Jews that were in attendance at this point, because he goes on to say that him and the father are the same. He even gives an example by saying that uh, uh, no one will snatch them, my sheep, out of my hand. Not any person will do it. And my father, no one will snatch him out of his hand either. And he goes on to say, the father and I are one. This, uh, the same, we are the same being. We are one. And he's calling out to something way back in the Old Testament. Before I bring that up, though, any questions or comments on this so far? It just occurred to me that I never thought about this scripture this way that uh, he said, no one will snatch them out of my hand. And then later he says, no one will snatch them out of my father's hand. But in between that, he said, my father get, gave them to me. So it doesn't seem like they're even in the father's hands anymore. They're in his hands, uh, but they're so connected. It's as if they're in the father's hands. Or am I reading that wrong? I mean, you may be right, because as you're saying, and I'm, I'm recalling a scripture where uh, God is speaking to the father speaking to his son back in Psalms. And he says, ask of me and I will give the the, uh, the nations as an inheritance or the heathens as an inheritance. And so they're in his hands then before we even existed, before anything even existed. He said, ask of me and I'll give them to you as an inheritance. So it very much seems like that's would happen just as you say that's a good point we'll continue on, on this so what i want to focus on here is where he says the father and i are one that really they highly upset it set the jews they were in attendance because they would recall back to here 
in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four, it says, listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. So interesting enough uh, here where it says the Lord, our God is actually uh, translated as Elohim or plural almost. But it says, so in a strange sense, it kind of says the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. They are one. And so Jesus is calling back to that. The father and I are one. And so not only is he calling back to this, he's equating himself with the father. He's saying whatever the father is, whatever being he is, I'm also that. And, it, and we'll see what the outcome of this is. Questions or comments on this so far? All right. So let's go to this next one. Going on over to John chapter 1, verse 1. And this is, this is, someone's going to read it. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is such a profound verse here, and it trips up so many people because of how it says it, how John, how, how God has revealed it to John, and John wrote it down, that in the beginning was the word, so Jesus was, in, I mean, if you're looking at a time frame, it says the beginning, so the beginning of everything was Jesus, he was there, and he was there with his father, he was there with God, yet he's also God. Now, I've seen people explain it so many different types of ways, but I'm just going to look at the scripture, what it says about this. Uh, some people will say, well, you know, he is his father, like he, he, he is the person of his father or, or you know, that when he was here on earth, uh, there was a father actually here on the earth and he came as in the person. He, he was here in the person of the son. And uh, and I'm showing the scripture. What I'm reading anyway is is not that that they are two different people, persons. And uh, but according to this, both are God. Questions or comments on this so far? You know, sometimes I, when I think about these things, uh, Savoy, that um, you know, even as we're going to go through this lesson and and find out, you know. Because I, I believe what you're saying is that they're two different people, and but kind of the same. Um, that how, how wrong we get scripture, and I, I think we're going to be surprised when everything's revealed to us how much we don't know about it. You know, like how much um, you know we could talk about. Uh, you know, people use the the water reference for God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as like ice and steam and water or whatever. You know, but it, it'll be crazy when we get to that point where it's like, oh, like they're indistinguishable from one another, but they're different. You know, it's just there, there's so much for us to learn, I guess. Amen. I agree. And like I say, what we're going to go through today, I mean, if the if the, if, if the conversation takes us there, we'll get even deeper. But uh, uh, it's I, all we have is what he what he reveals to us. And that's it. And I think that whenever we start uh, adding our own parts into it and trying to make it make sense, instead of just taking it for what it actually says right there, then we're making it something, I think, something else. And to, to try to make it make sense to us. But uh, 
I'm just going to go through some things here, and we probably discussed this before. I'm positive, Ben, and uh, just to what I'm actually seeing in scripture. And it's going to, but you're right. I think in the end, we're going to be astonished and terrified. What you got, Ben? And also, I know we've talked about this before, but um, I think a problem that some people have is that there's there's a father and a son, but there's no mention of a wife. And we think that that's some kind of, um, you know, people will throw Mother Earth in there and they'll throw all kinds of crap in there. And that doesn't have to hap happen with them, right? In fact, a lot of theology will move towards it's unnecessary, you know, or it, it, it can't happen that way. And, and we just don't imagine that because to make a child on this earth, you have to have a mother and father, but that's not the relationship that the father and son have here. Amen. Uh, I'm not going to get into it now. I may get into it later, but I have my theories on that. Uh, I, 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 I'm along that path, though, that Jesus is the actual son of God. And that, yes, uh, I get people have a hard time. Just like you say, you make a great point. People have a hard time because they're, they're, they're thinking that there has to be a woman of some type of figure has to be there for this to happen. And, and we forget that he is the God of all creation. He is not a human being, though we are made in his image. And after his likeness, uh, we don't have the full capabilities that he has. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a, uh, a great point. Uh, it's, it's to, uh, me and my wife, we talk about this and uh, she brought up a good point that uh, when Adam was, was made, he was complete. And then later on that day, Eve came out of him, but she was already in him. I thought that's interesting, considering that Adam was made in the image of God. But yeah, great, great points. Great, great comments on this. So yeah, so um, he's there. He's been there since the beginning. At some point, he, uh, he's, I mean, from the beginning, he, he has existed. And he has existed as God, and he is God. So we can go into a little bit of, of what this is saying here, what I believe is saying anyway. So if we go to uh, John chapter 10, uh, verse 33, so continuing on from that first verse that we were talking about, so John chapter 10, verse 33, it says, we aren't stoning you for a good work, the Jews answered, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. So continuing on, uh, the Jews completely understood. Whenever, whenever Jesus said, the Father, he said, not only did he say the Father, he said, my Father, my Father who has given them to me. He, so he's not saying like, he's my Father is in, um, what's wrong, like theoretical, or that's not the word I'm looking for. But basically, you know, uh, that I call him my father. He is saying, God is my actual father. He is he, not in the same way that he is the father of the Jews. He is his actual, for real, for real father, his for real dad. And they understood it. And because of that, they were going to uh, stone him. So how do, how do I know that they understood it? Because of what he said. Uh, he said that I and the father are one. We are the same thing. Whatever the father is, I also am that. And they understood it perfectly. They understood that if he is begotten, 
by God, if he is birthed by God, everything is going to give birth after their own kind. So a human gives birth to a human, a dog gives birth to a dog, cat to a cat, God to a God. And they're saying, you're a man claiming yourself to be God. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, let's go to this next one. So John chapter 10, verse 36 says, do you say you are blaspheming to the one the father set apart and sent into the world because I said I am the son of God? So here we have Jesus here saying that he is the son of God. And by him saying he is the son of God and not a son of God, by him saying that I am his actual son, they they say he's blaspheming because you're a man is the way they look at it. Like you're a man like one of us. How can you call yourself God? You're making yourself equal to God by calling yourself the son of God. And so they are, they are accurately taking this in as, as, as saying, hey, you, you are saying that you are, his, that you are his actual son. And so to them, that's blasphemy. Hey, Alexis, questions or comments on this so far? Hello. Alexis, the topic is, who is Jesus? So we're, we're getting into that. Jesus is Lord. Amen. We can end it on that one. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they uh, the Jews took offense because he said that uh, he is the actual son of God. He says that to them. And then moving on. So Psalms chapter two, verse seven says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. So all the way back in Psalms, David, who is seeing these visions, who is prophesying these things, writing these things in the form of songs and Psalms, he is saying, this is what Jesus said to me. He said, I will tell you the decree or the father's decree. He says, this, the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Then he goes on to say, uh, ask of me and I will give you the, the heathens or the nations as an inheritance. But he says that, the and this is something that I think about a lot, this particular verse right here, because this is the Lord, the Father speaking to the Son at a time that we just can't understand. Like, like we, we didn't exist at this point. And he's talking to his Son, telling him, according to this, this is the day you were born. I mean, we can't fathom how that happened. We can't fathom any of that, but he gives us this. He gives us this to say, this is when it happened. This is when this happened. He told me that that day he, he, uh, he gave birth to me. Questions or comments on this so far? It's, I don't know. It's just crazy. And I think this is, one of the big hiccups is that, um, and I want to say this carefully, that it almost seems like there was a time when Jesus wasn't, you know, and uh, 
don't know that that just feels weird to say but like this scripture kind of says that you know yeah yeah man and, and uh so it it doesn't just say it there and you're right i mean it, it kind of begs that question like like is that what it's saying like is it saying that uh that that's where he you know that there was a time where he wasn't it's not saying he's a time he didn't exist i believe he always existed in his father because i, I feel like, like it says he's eternal in that way but him and exist, existing in his father in this similar fashion to the way that it says that um abraham whenever he gave a tenth to melchizedek melchizedek he gave a tenth to him it said it's as if levi also did it because levi was in him when he did it and so uh I just happened to feel that way that he's always been in his father. And at some point he came out of his father before anything ever existed. And, uh, and so this is what he's saying. So now when you say it, it's almost like there's a point when that happened, if we go to, uh, Micah, I'm just going to read it. Micah chapter five, verse two, it says, uh, Bethlehem, Ephrathath, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from eternity. So he goes on to say that about his son. He said he has an origin. It's from antiquity. It's from eternity. That's all that it really gives us on that. But it's fascinating to me. You bring up a great comment. Great point, Ben. Yeah, I guess it's just you just kind of have to rethink what it means to exist, you know, like that, uh, Melchizedek stuff that you were talking about, you know, like he, he eternally existed in the father and then something different happened in this, this scripture, you know? Amen. Amen. And this is, and all, and that's all we'll be doing. Honestly, it's just going by what, what scripture I feel this revealed to us because we can't really go too far back beyond that. So, uh, that's a great comments on this. So continuing on, in John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bo bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So he has revealed him to us. But I do find it interesting that it uses the same word, the same terminology, the only begotten Son. Uh, as we go back to Psalms chapter 2, verse 7, it says, uh, I have begotten you. That's the term he told chose to use. And I know it's hard to wrap our minds around that. But here it says the only begotten son. It only happened with him. He is not he is not saying that God is his father in the same way that we will say God is our father. He is the only one that actually came from him. Questions or comments on this so far? You know, I'm th I'm thinking of other scriptures that kind of tie into this oneness and separateness and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't remember the scriptures, but um, and correct me if I'm wrong. There there are scriptures that that when it talks about his throne, you know, he Jesus is clearly sat sitting at the right hand of his Father in some scriptures, and then some scriptures it it um, portrays like he's. Like they're sharing the throne, like he's almost sitting on his lap or something. Um, am I thinking right about that? Yes, you are right. This this brings, I mean, it just sends chills down my spine. 
man, it's it's where I'm going with this. So this uh yes, this particular verse that we're looking at right now, it says the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father. So translation, literal translation is like chest to chest. He's chest to chest with his father. And in my mind, my feeble mind, I think that is so strange to have two grown men just chest to chest like that. That's what that's in my feeble mind what I'm thinking. Until one time I picked up my son much younger at the time, Moses, and I realized that I was holding him chest to chest. And uh, and it just kind of hit like, wait a minute, am I looking at this completely wrong? That is his son. And uh, and then he go on to that verse that you that you just brought up, that it says for certain he was actually in the throne with his father. They were in the throne together, and it just makes sense now when I look at it that way that that's his son, that he is treating literally treating. I mean, he's literally his son, so he's treating him like 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 his son. But yeah, great, great comment, man. And these are just the things that, that he's given to us. This is what we, and I, I love that he gives it to us because he didn't have to. And so he's given us these little nuggets of this wisdom to give us an, a, a little inkling of what they're, of, of, of how they are. But uh, but yeah, this verse, the I want to say the little translation is chest to chest, which is exactly how I hold my sons, chest to chest. And, uh, and, and then of course, just like you say, you brought up the scripture where it says that they share the the throne together. That he was, he says, just like I was in the throne with my father. Yes, great comments. So we'll move on on that one. We may come back to that. So Hebrews chapter one, verses eight through ten, says, "But to the Son, your throne, God." is forever and ever and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness this is why god your god has anointed you with oil of joy rather than your companions and in the beginning lord you established the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands so hebrews chapter 1 verses 8 through 10 i find it interesting because it tells us in the beginning it was actually Jesus who was establishing the earth and the heavens are actually his work. And we know that we know that in John, it tells us everything that's existed exists because of him. So but we also know that the father's is, that the father's credited with uh, with creation. So through instruction of the father, apparently Jesus did everything. He, he, he created everything that there is. I just find that interesting. I'm gonna show you where I'm, where I'm kind of headed to this, but we're headed with this. But I do find it interesting that it says this about him that uh, that that he created everything, and that God said that to him. God actually called him Lord. Actually called him Lord. Not saying he's above him. Not the Father saying he's above him. But that's what that was his title. That's who. That's what he was. Questions or comments on this so far? I'll say something about that oil of joy. Um, you know, Hebrews, <laughs> not to the end does Hebrews seem like it has a whole lot of joy with it, but, you know, it, it's funny that in this scripture, it, it takes a, a minute out of uh, the scripture to sit there and talk about how pleased the father is with the son, you know. Amen. 
Amen. And I mean, that's his son. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's just the more the more you know, we talk about it, the more it just starts to to uh you know to really hit me. Like that's his son. Like that is this is not someone that he just said, Hey, you know, you're gonna be like a son to me. That's his son. And and you know, the, the way it says it, it has anointed you with the oil of joy rather than your companions. It's not necessarily that his companions did anything wrong necessarily and he didn't just throw this oil of joy um willy-nilly like this is you know the, the oil of joy of the lord and he gave it, it it was specified for a very specific person you know amen and there's so many different scriptures that, that i want to bring up that i didn't uh about whenever jesus was on the cross and then uh you know, I've heard it preached that, you know, what the Lord just couldn't look upon him because he had the sin on him. But scripture tells us he was pleased to crush his son. He was pleased to do this. And then Ben brought up a good point a, many years ago in a lesson, many years ago, he brought up a good point that after crushing his son, the next vision we have of his son is in Revelation. And he's crushed. He's a lamb slain. And in his weakest state, he was able to do something that no one in heaven, on earth, or under the earth was able to do, which was take a scroll out of his father's hand. Not one person could do that. But yet he, in his weakest state, was able to do that. That's how powerful his son is. Amen. Let's continue on on this. So Hebrews chapter five, verse eight, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It says, though he was God's son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. So again, I mean, I bring this up because for one, it's tough to wrap your head around Jesus, who's being the son of God, therefore being God by nature, because his father's God, then he's God. He's learning something. And through the father's wisdom, this is how he's chosen to teach his son. It says he learned obedience through what he suffered. Now he is teaching his son something. And before I go further than that, questions or comments on this? All right. Next verse. John chapter 5, verses 19 through 20 says, Then Jesus replied, I assure you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son also does these things in the same way. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing, and he will show him greater works than these so that you will be amazed. So in here, we see that Jesus, again, claiming to be the actual son of God, is saying that everything he does is because his father is showing him. His father is teaching him. And when he sees his father does it, then he does it. They are very much father and son. And not only that, not only that, at this point, when he says this, 
he still hasn't been shown everything. He says he's going to show he's going to the father will show him even more things. There's so he still has more things that he's learning from the father. And it's so weird for me to say that. Like I got to make sure I'm saying that and I and I'm uh and I'm humbled when I say that because I'm speaking about someone who I do who I truly don't have any uh what's the word I'm looking for? right to speak about like you know what i mean like i don't know him like that and but this is what he's revealed to us he's revealed to us that at the point of him writing this there was even more things that his father was going to show him questions or comments on this so far i want to say this uh scripture says for whatever the father does the son also does these these things in the same way and you know you and i both teach a lot um and one of the things i appreciate about you the most is that you bring a lot of scripture to the the table because it's not as if jesus saw his father do something and was going to put his own spin on it even if it was righteous he did the same the things the same way and and i think about that a lot when i'm teaching like am i what what more can i say about scripture that scripture doesn't already say you know so you have to in my estimation when you're teaching you have to stay very very close to the scripture because it's very easy to go off you know amen uh and and i learned that from you and from rick that uh just just to stay as close as possible to scripture they're off of it there's a high chance that you're wrong and i learned from Job, that God is highly upset with inaccuracy, highly upset. This is why I said I had to make sure I'm humble that I and I'm, and you know it it, it scares me to even speak about some of these things because uh, I'm speaking about things that I that I really don't know. I have no, I've never seen him. I don't, I don't know. So yeah, um, some some good comments on that. So in saying all this, and this is or you can put the grain of salt in there. But just taking this track of what we've gone through, of him actually saying that that is my father, and the father saying that this is my son, and then the father uh, teaching them things. He's learning obedience, and he's, he's showing him, for lack of a better phrase, what it is to be God. And uh, I truly believe, I believe that this is happening right here. Proverbs chapter 22. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ben, what you got? Well, so go back to that last scripture. I'm trying to remember my train of thought. So a while ago, you, you said you were talking about it, it pleased God to crush him. Um, and that sounds like a, it sounds almost morbid or something. But do you? Do you think it's accurate in saying that he was pleased because um, he was able to take the crushing? You know, like it was, you know, we've been talking over and over again about the father showing the son or teaching the son something. So it wasn't, or, or correct me, was it just him happy that he was doing it or he was happy that even at the worst, he was still obedient? From a human trend, uh, for me, for me, looking at it from a human uh, perspective, absolutely. 
I, I think it's him just being proud of his son. Look at him. No other person can do this. No other person can do these things. And his son begged him. I mean, asked him two or three times. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And, uh, and his father didn't ask him. As far as we know, he didn't ask him the whole entire time until he was at his right hand. And he says, sit here until I make your enemies a footstool. That's when he answered him. But I can imagine how, I can't imagine the, the, uh, the, the, how pleased he was to see his son go through something that is just terribly difficult. I mean, he would talk himself through it. Jesus in the Old Testament would say that. He would say, however, I know that the one who vindicates me is near. Yeah, I know he is. But the crazy thing is, he knows he is, but he's been calling out to him all day, is what it says. All day and all night, and you are not answering me. That's what it says. When he was there on that cross, he was saying very long prayers. He was he was crying out to his father to the point where he said, why have you forsaken me? And he was he was saying very long prayers in this. And it pleased the father to see him conquer death, to see him do all this. I mean, be obedient all the way to death. And it wasn't his fault. And all of the world's sin is placed upon him. And it pleased, I think it, I, I do, I, I don't think it's, I personally don't believe it's just because he f- wanted to uh, crush him. I think it's just as you said. You know, from a human standpoint of me looking at my my sons, that's how I would look at it. I agree. Great comments on that. So on this next one, again, I truly believe this is what is happening here. The entire Bible, the entire Bible, I think is about this. Proverbs chapter twenty-two, verse six, and it tells us. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I truly believe that the entirety of the Bible, our existence, everything is because is the father training up his child. So everything is placed on his shoulders. Our very existence is placed on his shoulders. The son is set in this place because of his word and his command. And I truly believe that scripture reveals that to us. That is actually the father, as Jesus says, when I leave here, even greater, he will show me even greater things than what you've seen. And that's all I have for this. And I can't think. So the scripture that you brought up, it, it feels like it's talking to us and it is for sure. But if the point of it is, the way he acted towards his son, it says, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The scripture you brought up earlier is that Jesus was from antiquity. So like, it was almost like he was begotten old, you know? So it was, it was never going to depart from him because he was already that way, you know? Amen. That's a good point. You know, I can't imagine that because you're right. So in that Psalms 2, 7, like I said, there's only so much we can get, we can gather from that. But he does say, that uh let me go back to it so that's psalms 2 7 
this I, I think about this a lot. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Now, it's interesting. Jesus is saying, this is what the father said to me uh, from what it sounds like on the day I was born. So just as you said, Ben, it's almost as if he's born and the father's like, listen to me. I'm your father and you are my son. I just now gave birth to you. And then he goes to speak about us. Ask of me and I will give you the, inher uh, the heathens as an inheritance. All this from the moment he was begotten and he had the wherewithal to understand all these things that are being said to him is what it leads me to believe but yeah it's just like just like you said it's, it's as if he was already born with all of that again you we're know, talking so about so oh, go ahead I, I, i'll tell you a, a story the past couple of months like there's three or four things in my life that i've just like um you know, it's, it seems like small things, but like I have to stop doing these things, you know, and a couple of them were sin issues and a couple of them. You can't really say they're sin issues are just things I need to do better. And I, I think a lot of times we get in this thing where we make excuses for our sin or just expect that God's going to forgive us and all that kind of stuff. And but I was like, you know, when these things come up, no is the answer. You know, like in, in Genesis, when God is talking to. um Cain, he said, hey, sin is there, but you have to rule over it, you know? So it's it's not unrulable, you know? And like this past couple of months, like these three or four things that I said I was not going to do, I haven't done, you know? And it's not like they're coming up. It's just like, and I don't know if that's because I'm getting old and, and all this scripture is not departing from me or what it is, but like, it, it's crazy how how much simpler it's getting to just say, look, I'm not even, I'm not even going to consider this, you know? Um, and, and it's real easy to like, before this, I would just do it and then ask for forgiveness, you know, but now I could just not do it, you know? Amen, man. That speaks to my soul. I truly believe that that's, um, that's just a maturity that the Lord is, uh, through the use of church and, and 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 brothers and sisters uh building us up and things that we are ashamed of i mean things that we used to do we're ashamed of like i no, i can't believe i used to do that uh some of us not got to the point where we're ashamed we're just like i know i shouldn't be doing it and we still struggle with it but uh it does say that we move from glory to glory like from level to level as we move up there uh there's gonna be some things it's, it's good to look back and say man i used to do those things and i had such a hard time with it but now i don't that's progress and i think it's good to look back on on, on things like that uh paul brings it up to us and, and uh and he says that he says these things will not inherit the kingdom and he says homosexuality he brings up all kinds of stuff right uh drunkenness all kind he brings up all kinds of stuff and he says for some of these things you were like you did these things but you're not doing them anymore so i think that's cool because these people including homosexuals they they are still granted into the kingdom if they repent and turn away from what they were doing they're not just they're not just damned there is that if, if you're granted repentance then you have hope 
Amen. And I want I want to tell a story like like I'm beyond these things. Like like I'm I'm thinking about them several times a day. But I'm just I'm just like when when these things come into my mind, um, I, I think of I think of my Lord first. Like that that's a great like this has to happen. Like uh, for the for the sake of my God, I'm not going to do this as much as I want to do it. You know. Amen. And may we all strive for that. Uh, that is a certain level of maturity that, for one, um, it's it's uh, that's that's understanding. So wisdom is fearing God. Turning away from evil is understanding, and that's understanding. That's where we need to get to is the understanding part.